This is Dream Chasers, episode 29, with Jason Frawley. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Jason Frawley. Jason is a competitive power lifter based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's originally from Franklin, PA, and went to Westminster College, which is also my alma mater. So happy to have another Titan on the show. Jason now lives in Center Township, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks for being on the show today. And do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Just happy to be chatting with you here for a minute. And hopefully I could share some awareness about a little bit of competitive powerlifting. Definitely. I know I've been following you since we left West Mini on social media. And um, yeah, you're, uh, what you're doing is very captivating. <laughs> I'm going to have you talk more about it. But it's kind of hard when you're scrolling through your feed to miss like someone who's, you know, six three, six four, like three. I don't even know how much you weigh, but you're just like a tank. So when, when yeah, you're scrolling, 340. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys can imagine as listening, if you don't know Jason, when you, when someone like you scroll through your feed and you see someone like him pop up, you kind of like, Oh, whoa, who the heck is this? What's he doing? <laughs> uh, we're going to get straight to it. Jason, how long have you been in competitive powerlifting? Um, the first actual meet that I did that I consider a true meet instead of like a backyard brawl meet, if you will, um, was in May of 2015. And I actually did it with just a friend of mine at the gym because he was interested in doing it. And I was like, okay, well, if you're going to take time out, uh, I figure I could take a Saturday, give it a shot, see how I do. And pretty much fell in love from there. So I love, I love the feeling of competing and haven't really looked back since I started. Yeah. And so was there... When did it click? Was there like one specific moment in life when you were like, wow, I really want to take this to the next level? Um, there were actually times in college where I really debated trying to get into competing, but I was so big into track, which you know that, but uh, the people listening would not, or we gotta, the majority would not. Got to give, give um, a quick plug to, you know, those championships that we, that we won back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I considered it then, but then once I got out of college, I didn't really have that avenue anymore. Once track was away, I was looking for something to compete. And um, I really liked, like I said, as soon as I did it, I fell in love with it. Um, It took me a while to to truly give into it and just give it a shot because I was more concerned about making a fool of myself than anything. But after you do it, you kind of understand it's not really about that. So. Um, Absolutely. I would say, I'd say the biggest thing that keeps driving me to do better ever since I went to my meet in Atlanta last November. Uh, so it was a little over a year ago. Um, I did pretty well there. The positive atmosphere that was promoted there was great. Like the guys I'm competing against that I'm literally trying to lift more weight than are right, are right there screaming for you. You know, mm-hmm. to get your next lift, get your next lift, because it's not, it's more than just lifting weights. And I don't think people will understand that it's more, it's more about, I've never done that before. So this is me establishing a new self, if you will. Right. Yeah. Like you've never done it before. So now the next time you're doing it, you have to beat that again. And then you're just, it's continually improving on something and it's a very tangible result. And that's what makes it so addicting for me. Right. And I want to zone in on what you just said. You know, it's, it's more than just lifting weights. I think that for, you know, a lot of people out there, 
as I just mentioned, as they're scrolling through their feed or, or maybe not even following you, but they see powerlifting. And I'd say to a majority of the population, you know, it is kind of, they're just lifting weights. So please like give us, give us the insight, explain to us how, what it really is and, and how it's much more than just lifting weights. Absolutely. It's, it's like I said before, it's a very tangible representation of a better self, right? So if you used to lift 300 pounds and now you lift 400 pounds, you're 100 pounds better than you ever were. Now, is the pounds really, you know, what does that mean to the average everyday person? It doesn't, there's not necessarily a true carryover to life in that sense. Mm -hmm. You can sit back and say, wow, I never did that before. And this is how far I've come. And then from there, if you, if you make that much progress in anything you're doing, let's say, you know, we'll put it in percentages. If it's a 25% increase, you're 25% better than you were, right? I'm, I don't know anybody who gets 25% better at something and doesn't want to continue. It. <laughs> right. Right. So, and then there's so much on the mental side of it that people don't understand too, is like you, you have a long stressful day, whether it be through work, family, your boss is stressing you out. You can go and it channels all of that energy into one effort. You got screamed at by a customer. Your boss is beating you up because you don't have something done that you said you were going to be done with you know, you're doing 50 different things in a day that you only have time to actually do 25, but you still have to find a way to do it because it needs to be done that day. You can take all of that frustration and that stress and channel it into one exercise, into one activity and use it as fuel. I love it. So many people go through their life and don't have that release. And I found mine. And I think that's what makes it so easy for me to keep pushing further and further and further is because I finally found it. Is there a chance your boss and your customers are going to get to hear this interview? Uh, I'll tell my boss. I (laughs) I probably shouldn't. (laughs) I have a good relationship with him. He's a good guy. Good, good. Yeah. You know, beyond that, what would you say is your why? Why do you do what you do? I don't know if I can say beyond that, honestly, because it really boils down to the continual wanting to be better. And it's more like you teach yourself. I don't know if you've listened to David Goggins at all. Mm -hmm. When you teach when you teach yourself that you can do something, you can do something, you can do something. No matter how many times you fail, that one time that you do it, that's what's going to stick in your brain and you're going to remember I did that. So now that work ethic and that drive is going to apply to anything you do in life. You know, that's, it's not just yeah. going to be something that, oh, I, I finally got that. Now I'm done and I'm just going to go sit on the couch. Like the more you put yourself into stressful situations and the harder you push yourself in something like this, a lot of things become a lot easier. Yeah. And I love that philosophy right there. You know, try it a hundred times, a thousand times. You do it that one time. Yep. You know, now, you know, you can do do it. it. I love that. And you might've failed, you might've failed 500 times with that one time. Now the next thing, it seems impossible. No matter how many times you try, the only time that matters is that time you did it. What would you say are some, some downsides um, and what are some of the positives to, to being in powerlifting? Um, the, the downside uh, there's, I think the biggest thing is people just misunderstand. Like it's not, you're not replacing them with the gym. You're not going at, going to the gym to escape from everything. Like that's part of it. I mean, you get, you get it two hours. Like for me, I live for two hours pretty much whenever I work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you get two hours to yourself and that's definitely part of it. But trying to balance a social life and family and work and holidays and pets and all of that. Um, on top of trying to be a competitive powerlifter, because I think one of the biggest misconceptions is powerlifting to be at a true elite level doesn't really stop. And I haven't reached an elite level yet in, in honest terms. 
in the sport, which I'm getting very close and I will get there one day, but I'm not there yet. And I know how much time I put in now, you know, I worry every day how much food I eat, how much did I sleep, did I drink enough water? Um, am I doing enough stretching? Did I still please my fiance? You know, right, am I yeah. still doing a good job at work? These, it's not something that pays your bills. So these things are all just as important, but this is something you have to do for yourself. So, you know, are you still appeasing every other aspect of your life? Cause you're not only a power lifter. That's just part of you. Right. Right. I'm curious. Is there, is there potentially a day or a goal where it could pay the bills? It's very difficult in the industry, truthfully, um, to truly land one that's going to pay you. I mean, you got to be top of the top, right? The best of the best. They only want, they want their guy with your, with their shirt on and they go, man, I want to be like that guy because he's the strongest guy in his weight class or he's one of the strongest people in the entire world. And to truly get there, I mean, there are guys that have dedicated their lives to it and it shows. There's no question. The, a lot of the, uh, the up and coming thing to pay your own bills now is a lot of online coaching, personal training. Um, since the boom of technology and social media, powerlifting and even CrossFit, strongman, stuff like that is gaining a lot of traction mm -hmm. because it doesn't really have an avenue to get to people. So with that, the coaching uh, atmosphere, the coaching, what do I want to say, demand is up. And that is opening a lot of avenues to, to truly pay your bills off guys create YouTube channels. They do, you know, similar to my Instagram. Um, a lot of people are taking those routes to be able to, you know, generate income, generate anything, even if it's just an addition to what they already have. Right. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's you're, some, start, you're starting to make me think ahead. about it, you know, comparatively, it's, uh, you know, you land that one sponsor and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I can land sponsors. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious, and I know we kind of joked about your, your current boss listening to this interview, but do you, <laughs> do you dream, um, per, like, do you really dream or do you want a, a life for that for yourself one day where you are kind of, you know, really doing your own thing through powerlifting? If I could manage that and still maintain the lifestyle that I have, I absolutely would. The other thing that people don't realize in the industry is there's a lot of travel. You travel to the biggest expos, let's say in LA, right? And this is just in the States, in LA, in Chicago, and obviously at the Arnold Classic in Columbus, which is like the Super Bowl of, mm -hmm. of power sports, if you will. Um, Orlando's another big one. So you're going all over the country, and if you like to travel, you know, if you're a single person or in a relationship where you don't have a whole lot holding you down, your significant other can go with you, then it's something that you can look into, but it's very difficult to have a family. It would be similar to a national salesman, right? A mm -hmm. salesman goes all over the country visiting all their accounts, but you know, they can't really like their home life is on the weekends and that's about all you got. Right. So I, w I would be interested if I could stay locally and go to local expos, but most big companies don't want to hear that. You know, they want you to be committed to the company. And from their standpoint, I, I, I understand that. So I understand what they're looking for. Right. Hey, I mean, you have, you're zoned in on what you want. You're zoned in on the dream that you're chasing. And, and it sounds like if the shoe fit, then hey, you know, might as well. Definitely. What would you, or what industry leaders and role models would you say that you're inspired by? The, the average person looks at the people, and I don't want to say average person, people who are just starting into this are looking at the big names and thinking, man, look at these guys. This is crazy. It's still like a spectacle to them. 
after you go for so long in the sport, you understand that they're doing what you do, you know, but they've done it longer and they've done it better and they're really good at it, you know, because there's only one way to get stronger and it's lift more weight, right? <laughs> you lift more frequently, you do it, you recover better, you work through X, Y, Z. And um, so, I mean, I have my guys that inspire me. Like Rob Philippus definitely inspires me. He's a guy, his tag on Instagram is quads like Rob. Quads are like the size of my entire torso. <laughs> um, Ray Williams is another one. He's doing a lot of stuff in, in knee sleeves, which are less supportive than knee wraps, which that's pretty, you know, monumental. It's, it's a new, nobody's really ever done that before. He's pushing new barriers. And he's not even using the equipment that could potentially take him as far as he could possibly go. So it's pretty incredible. I do like one thing that you said um, there, which is basically, you know, once you're, once you're in powerlifting, once you're in that environment and how when you first get into it, you can be a little bit starstruck or intimidated. And then, as you mentioned, you take a step back and you start to realize, that, wait a second, everyone here is, is doing the same thing. Some of these guys have just simply been doing it for longer. I think that, again, how you were comparing powerlifting to just being much more than just powerlifting, that's a very good way to compare our lives or just business in general to powerlifting as well. Whether it's, you know, I've been thinking of myself, maybe in the podcast industry, for example, there's, you know, guys out there with like 500 episodes and they seem incredibly talented, which they are. But, you know, as you said, they've simply been in it longer. It, it kind of gives you that confidence that you need to continue moving and knowing that you can be at that level eventually. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. It's very comparable in the podcast sense. These guys, you watch it, like Joe Rogan, he does a great job in his podcast. He's done how many for how long? Right, right? like 1,200 or whatever. <laughs> he, he's, he's done it. He's been there. He's faced the problems that you could possibly face. So have these guys, and they've worked through all of them, and that's why they're the best. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So where do you uh, see yourself in three years with powerlifting? Um, I have a list of meets that I'll leave undisclosed because I like to uh, do it kind of on my own and motivate. By me not talking about it, that's more motivating for me than, you know, blurting out that I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. Uh -huh. um, I do plan on hitting some of the biggest meets in powerlifting. I don't know exactly when I'll give it up. I know whenever I have a family, I won't have the time to prepare like I do now. I can't commit that much time and raise kids. It's just, you can do it, but it, it's, it's a lot of struggle. And I'm hoping by that point, now whether it's in three years, five years, 10 years, that I've come to peace with what I've done. I'm happy with what I've achieved and I'm ready to move on to my next thing. So I'm, nice. I'm looking forward to that. But at the same point, I have I, I kind of have my milestones where I'm willing to hang it up. But within the next three years, I don't anticipate that. I anticipate still going at it. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got some numbers in mind in the next three years that I'd like to hit that would put me pretty pretty close to the top. So we'll see if I can get there. I'm, I'm really hoping that I can. Yeah, we hope so too. And it sounds like you will as long as you keep putting in, uh, just keep chipping away at it. Yeah, one step at a time. All right, so we're getting ready to wrap this up, but we've got three fun questions to close out the interview. We kind of joked about these before we got the call rolling, so I'm looking forward to them. You can answer them in any order you want, but uh, go ahead and tell us your favorite city in the U.S., your favorite social media platform, and your favorite professor from good old Westminster College. Okay. Um, my favorite city, and we talked about this, it has to not include Pittsburgh because, right. <laughs> you know, it's close by. I would have to say... I really liked Columbus the few times that I have been there, um, Okay, which is painful to say because I'm a big Penn State fan, so, <laughs> but great city. There's a lot to do there. 
uh, it's, it's really, you know, it's not one of the big things I hate navigating through cities that I've never been to and it's not hard to navigate through. So it, is, it is actually kind of, kind of on the rise. It is on the rise. Yeah. It's a nice little yeah. tech hub. Exactly. Exactly. I, I really enjoyed my visits there. So, and I'm going to the Arnold again this year. So I'll be looking forward to the, the, again, the annual visit. I don't know what number it is, probably five or six. So cool. And uh, number, number two was, what was so, number social two? media, social media platform. Definitely Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's too much bullshit on, pardon me, <laughs> too much BS on, uh, on Facebook for me anymore. I like Instagram. It's very, very to the point, but you could still share some good content and you, you really see what you want to see on Instagram. So you're not getting murdered with spam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very simple. It's a much more simple approach to what we're used yes. to with Facebook. All right. Now here's a favorite, and favorite professor at, at good old Westminster. We're um, going to forward this episode to whoever you pick. <laughs> um, I really liked Professor Ligo. Okay. I really like Dr. King. Um, okay. So you were, I, I, I kind of assumed, but I didn't know you were a business uh, graduate. Yes. Yes. I was a business major. So I had uh, Professor Ligo for accounting and Dr. King for a number of different business classes. Personally, those two, Professor Ligo would go out of his way to help any student who ever asked him. And he genuinely wanted you to succeed. And he want, he pushed be more than just a job, which he always said, J-O-B, just over broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of his joke. He always wanted you to push for more. Don't settle with something that you're just over broke. You're barely making it. Drive for more. Get to a position you really want to do. And I like Dr. King because he, I liked that he wasn't afraid to speak his mind. And a lot of people don't like him for that reason. He rubs people the wrong way, if you will. I admired that about him because he's not afraid to stick to his guns and say, you know, this is who I am. This is how I feel. I can disagree with you and you can disagree with me. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are my thoughts. And and I truly, I feel that. Yeah. And, you know, this is how I feel about it. And I'm willing to back up my statements. But if we disagree, okay. (laughs) You know? Yeah. He, he kept it real. I never, I never had either of them. Um, I had a pleasure of obviously meeting both. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I think probably because I went to school with Dr. Ligo's son, Joe Yes, felt a little bit more connected to him. And uh, I can agree with you both just really, really genuine guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree with that. So, cool. Well, hey, that does it for our time here. Uh, I look forward to circulating this one through our network. Is there any way anyone listening can get in touch with you after this? Sure. Um, my Instagram tag is frawley49. You can catch me on Facebook. My name's Jason Frawley. Uh, I leave that typically more to actual social life. I don't really post too much about my lifting on there. If you want to catch that, definitely get on Instagram. If uh, you want to shoot me an email, it's frawje22 at gmail.com. However you want to get a hold of me, you know, if it's about powerlifting, I'm more than willing to help in whatever way I can. So I'm a pretty laid back guy, easy to talk to. Uh, If you have any questions and I can help you, go ahead, shoot it my way. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jason. It's been great having you on here. Yep. Thanks, Adam. And we will catch you all in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say and do, take it to the next level.